This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Partners in Practice is produced this week in cooperation with the Association of Family Practice Physician Assistants, offering three annual CME conferences for PAs and NPs at family-friendly destinations nationwide. Now, here is your host, physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. There are some people that just go above and beyond to help others. My guest today is one of those people. Mary Fargen is a physician assistant who delivers primary care in Minnesota and changes lives in Haiti. For her outstanding efforts, Mary is the 2011 American Academy of Physician Assistants Humanitarian PA of the Year. Hi, Mary. Welcome to Partners in Practice. Well, hi, Lisa, and thank you for having me today. Mary, tell us, what was the catalyst for you to make your first trip to Haiti? My first trip to Haiti was quite an experience because I had been traveling with a physician by the name of Dr. Wanda Ducharme, and we had been doing some leisure trips like to Israel and Thailand, and she called me in October of 2003 and said, what are you doing in January? And I said, oh, I don't know. you want to go somewhere warm? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, where are we going? She goes, we're going to Haiti. And I said, excuse me? And she goes, yes, my sister has a group of people who need some providers to go to Haiti. So I went on my first medical mission to Haiti in January of 2004. Well, it appears that you liked Haiti, because tell us how many times you've been there. I've been there 13 times, starting in January of 2004, and I just completed my last trip working in a cholera camp outside of Port-au-Prince. Unbelievable. So you work with the organization, Haitian and Caribbean American Organization of Texas. Tell us about them and how you got involved with them. How I got involved in them is, you know, you have to register at the U.S. Embassy when you go into a foreign country. Well, there was a person there by the name of Captain Rock, who is now an act, who is now Major Rock, who is an active duty in the Army, and also Commander Jones. And through our talking back and forth, after the hurricane hit Ganavive, I was just like devastated. I was like, oh my God, we have to go do something. But, you know, unless you know people on the ground, you know people. So I emailed Captain Rock and I said, Captain Rock, what can we do? You're Haitian-American. You know the country. You were born there. And he connected me with ACAO, which is a group of active, retired, and reserved military. They are outside of Colleen, Texas. They are all Haitian-Americans, and they are interested in rebuilding their motherland, which is Haiti. And how long have you been working with them? We are going on our fourth medical mission. So I've been working with them a little over three and a half years. I don't want to embarrass you, but I went to their website, and on their homepage, they wrote this about you. They said, the organization reached a new dimension once we met Mary Fargin. Before too long, our organization was recognized as one of the organizations really making a positive impact in Haiti. All right, so you've been working for them two and a half years, and Haiti is a country with more than 10,000 NGOs. How did you make such an impact in Haiti living in Minnesota? What we're doing is that we are educating the nurses, like Rosine is one of the nurses that work up in Latibier, one of the areas which I first started working in. She can suture, she can do medications. We have what our dossiers, which are like medical records. So even if we're not there, she can take blood pressure. She can give the vaccinations. When we go in, we can look at what she's been doing, you know, improve her skills. Another person we've been working with is Dr. Antoine Bruno who is a Haitian physician 
who graduated from Cuba Medical School. And in Haiti, before you get your medical license, you have to do a year of serving the poor. And so he hooked up with us, and so we've been educating him and helping him. I worked with the last time I was there outside of Lamad, we worked with a midwife. So we try to incorporate the Haitian nurses, the Haitian providers to keep them going. And even if we're not there, we make them try to be sustainable. That's so important because so many people do medical missions and, you know, they help and they do a lot of great work and then they leave and there's nothing left behind. And forming something sustainable there is the key to making a real difference and impact, which is exactly what you're doing. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make it sustainable so that we can go maybe once a year, twice a year, give them a break, but also making sure that we only use the resources which are available in Haiti, not bringing in medications, not bringing in supplies. Because, yes, you can take a pulse ox in, but if they can't get batteries, it's no good to them. If we bring a piece of equipment in that breaks down and they can't repair it, it's not good for them. If we start bringing in medications like antibiotics, you start getting resistance. So you have to try to use what is available and just maximize that. And where do you get your supplies and medications? I am very fortunate. My husband is a pharmacist, and so where he works allows us to buy them at cost. MAP International has been very generous. Catholic Medical Mission Board one year donated over $100,000 worth of medical supplies and medication to me. We get them from friends. We get it by word of mouth. Church groups will go, okay, what do you need? Oh, you need cloth diapers? Okay, we'll make you cloth diapers. You want children's Tylenol and Motrin? Yes, we'll get you that. So it's been a growing type of thing. It's a networking process that we're doing. Well, when the earthquake struck Haiti on January 12, 2010, where were you and how long after the quake did you get to Haiti? I was actually in Austin, Minnesota. It took us approximately two weeks to get into Haiti after the earthquake. We were very concerned because there were family members on the ground of the people that worked for ACAO. There were our friends that were on the ground. We didn't know what was going on. You know, there were not flights to get in. You had to find a charter flight. And, you know, those are very expensive. We also knew we had to be self-contained. We knew that we couldn't depend on water sources, food sources, because you can't already put more load on an infrastructure that was already being stressed. We were very fortunate that Diane Jenkins and Sean Penn, who have JP and then it's HRO, which is Jenkins Penn Haiti Relief Organization, did fly us in from Miami, and we did spend the week at their camp working with the 82nd Airborne in the 173rd Infantry. What we did is we were called striker teams. The military would go out at night, go to a tent city that had no health care, had no, had no food, had no water. We would go the next day and set up a clinic and run the clinic. Our max one day was 510 patients. Wow. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Mary Fargen, the 2011 American Academy of Physician Assistants Humanitarian PA of the Year. So, Mary, you've made many trips to Haiti. Did it feel different to you when you arrived after the earthquake? Oh, it was very different, Lisa. My friend Denise, who is a geriatric nurse who has gone on trips with me before, said, you know, I think it's a good thing we're arriving at night. And I said, oh, Denise, I said, I don't know. I said, I kind of want to see what's going on. But she goes, you know what? I think it's better that we're at night. When you hit the landing field, you used to go into this beautiful 
it was a very nice, it was being upgraded airport. We landed, we hit the dirt, and you get surrounded by military people. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they check off who you are, and they say, okay, you're going with so-and-so. And so we went and we met this gentleman by the name of Oscar, who I did not realize was Sean Penn's right-hand man at the time. And they go, do you know where you're going? And we go, no. And then they told us. But going through the streets on a Saturday night was so different. It was so quiet. It was so dark. The people were not going to church. There was not music. There was nobody in the streets. It was silent. And there was this gray cloud of stuff that a couple people had to put masks on because just the odor and the dust was just just overcoming. And we're like talking and I'm going, Denise, do you see that? That's not there anymore. Do you remember when we used to do that? We had time to process it a little bit, but the next morning when we got up and we went out to work and you didn't see the kids on the streets and you didn't see all the people on the streets, it's kind of when it finally hit that this really did happen and it's not the same as when you were just here less than two months ago. Well, the destruction of infrastructure was massive. What's the situation like now? The situation is approving by very small little steps. And I really think that now that the elections are over, things will be going better. There also is a program in place that all these 10,000 NGOs have to go through to make sure that their program is sustainable, that they're not building things that are not going to be sustained. They have the funds to sustain them. What is the purpose? Is it to help the Haitians? Are the Haitians involved in it? And so I think that bit by bit it will slowly start improving. The Haitian people are very, very strong, very redounding people. They'll rebuild. It will take them a while, but they will come back. Let's talk about volunteering. So medical professionals by nature want to help people, especially when they see devastation like what we see in Haiti. But just showing up isn't the best way to help. And I know when these things happen, people just want to get on a plane and show up and help. Could you give us some guidance on what steps people should take to be prepared so that they can contribute appropriately and safely? And I'm glad you asked that question because that was one thing we did notice after the earthquake was that people were showing up. A physician flew in from Alaska, and he was just setting up a clinic on the side of the street. The problem is if you don't speak Creole or you don't have anybody who can write in Creole or, you know, you can't give them a bag of medication and tell them to take it. An example is a lady had external fixation rods put in She was then sent back to her little tent and told to wait there for three months for someone to come take those out. But, Lisa, she also had five bags of medicine that were five different antibiotics that people had given, but the nice lady didn't know how to take them because there was nothing in Creole. There was no pictures drawn or anything like that. So when you go, you need to make sure that you're self-containable. You need to know the culture. You need to know the country. You know, I'm very fortunate. I work with Haitian-Americans. Every Haitian-American that went with me was born and raised in Haiti. Alan, the founder of ACAO, mother was in the earthquake. His aunt was in the earthquake. His cousins were in the earthquake. We kind of knew what we were getting into. We all had military experience. But you have to be self-sustainable. You have to realize that you may not have food three meals a day. You may be eating cold soup. You may be taking a shower with a garden hose. You may be sleeping on the ground. So you have to realize that rushing in sometimes causes more chaos 
because even in Haiti, there is a little bit of rules and instructions on how they do things. It may not be how we think it works, but it does work for them. So if any of our listeners are interested in getting more information about the Haitian and Caribbean American Organization of Texas or about helping in Haiti, where should they go? They can go to ACAO.org, which is H-A-C-A-O-T dot O-R-G. They can also go to my email, which is dpfargen at smig.net. is all small letters. It's D-P, then F-A-R-G-E-N at S-M-I-G dot N-E-T. Or I'd be more than welcome to take phone calls at area code 507-438-4132. Mary, in closing, any pearl of wisdom you'd like to share? Actually, I was thinking of two more memorable moments. One was one of my first patients I ever met was called Mary Carmen, who was a diabetic. Her mother was very concerned because two of her sisters had already died at age 21 from diabetes. And when Mary Carmen came in, she probably weighed 50 pounds at 19 years of age. And within six months after getting her started on insulin and things, the next time we were there, you couldn't even recognize Mary Carmen. She looked like a normal person. And her mother was so thankful. But I will tell you the biggest thing was Dr. Antoine Bruno. We had lost contact with him three days before the earthquake. He was in Port-au-Prince. We could not get him on the cell phone. We tried emailing him. We could not get him. We could not tell him that we were coming into Port-au-Prince. And I went over to check on Alan, who is the founder of Akal's mother, who was in the earthquake. We were checking on her knee and making sure she didn't have a blood clot and just emotionally how she was doing with the loss of her niece. And out of the dark walked Dr. Bruno. That was sad. I mean, it was so emotional. Mary, we're very proud of you. (laughs) You're doing great stuff there. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Lisa, thank you for having me. I want to thank my guest, Mary Fargen, who didn't just donate her time to help others. She donated her time to make real sustainable change in the lives of thousands of people. And along the way, she's inspired many others to do the same. And as a PA myself, who's very proud of our profession, I speak for all of us when I say thank you, Mary, for representing us so superbly. The well-deserved 2011 Humanitarian PA of the Year. Partners in Practice has been produced this week in cooperation with the Association of Family Practice Physician Assistants, offering three annual CME conferences for PAs and NPs at family-friendly destinations nationwide. You can download this program or any other program at our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.